Hello and welcome to Cowboy Andy's Barn Banter, the uh, podcast for children's musicians by a children's musician. I'm Cowboy Andy. I'm your host, broadcasting from the middle of Montana. And uh, today, the topic of the uh, topic of conversation is something that I think I've struggled with and been challenged with. I don't know if struggle's the right term because that uh, makes me feel a little bit too vulnerable. But I guess that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about being vulnerable and how things work in uh, our industry of being children's musicians, trying to perform for children and families, make a go of it as a business, and also manage expectations internally and externally. And a lot of that, for me, also revolves around facing some of the uh, natural consequences of putting yourself out there as a creative person, which include uh, and are not limited to things like temporary depression, getting burned out, and also dealing with uh, rejection and missed expectations. To help me understand this a little bit better, I have invited a guest into the studio, a real live guest, which is kind of fun. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the Barn Banter Podcast, Heidi Jeffley. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Cowboy Andy. (laughs) It's great to be here. It's uh, fun to explore these things. Um, I'm an LCPC, so I'm a mental health counselor, and my primary audience is college students. So So in, I guess, layman's terms... I would say you're a you're a therapist. I'm a mental health yeah, mental health counselor, mental health ther- therapist. There's lots of ways of talking about that. Um, yeah, so I'm a mental health therapist, uh-huh. and my primary audience are college students, eighteen to twenty year twenty two year olds. And I know you work your work is primarily focused toward little ones, probably, but your audience also includes just everybody. That's so. true. And there's a the the one of the reasons that I invited you on today to talk uh, about because what we are. Where I'm coming from is this is uh, about me being a children's musician, things I've learned and things that I've experienced, and also looking at the industry and recognizing that I'm very much like every other children's musician or any creative person really going through the 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 ups and downs, the valleys, the highs and the lows emotionally of being a performer and doing this thing. And it has a lot to do with anxiety and expectations you put on yourself Mm -hmm. and expectations people put on you. And I thought there was kind of the the overlap, which is why I asked you to to, to come on and speak to this is because I don't know anybody who specializes in counseling for children's musicians. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they would be very busy, I'm sure, whoever that person is. Um, But uh, the Venn diagram of of the overlap between those attributes seem to be kind of similar. Mm -hmm. And so... What I would like to learn from you, if possible, is how common these things are, maybe where they come from, and how how can I, as a as a performer, resolve some of these big, or not totally resolve, but address or acknowledge some of these big buckets and keep moving forward in a healthy way mm-hmm. as a performer. Mm-hmm. Because recently I got really bummed out, burned out. You know, I'd played good shows, but I was just about to release another album and I had all these expectations. It was expensive. And what if nobody likes it? Or what if they just like it as much as they liked the last one? And was that satisfying? And is it, how's my ego in this? And how's my you know, a bank balance in this whole thing. And where am I going? And why am I even doing that? You know, <laughs> the whole thing was getting pretty heavy on me. And I, I had to take a step back and reevaluate. I had a couple of really good shows. I tried some new things. And that seemed to kind of oop, pop me out mm-hmm. of that slump. Mm-hmm. And it gave me enough enthusiasm that I'm like, no, oh, darn it, I can do this. And I want to and I want to do this. So if you can, for a second, pretend that, you know, you're the students that you're talking to are experiencing the same things that we're experiencing. I just like to reflect for a second on kind of the big picture 
piece that you're talking about. And I think what well, the first thing I think of is the song that you open with, and it's let's sing a song about how we're all the same. And so I think whether you're talking about a college student, you know, like the population that I work with, or you're talking about children's musicians, you know, at, at some level, we are all the same. We all have a lot of moving parts in our world, in our reality, that some days we're feeling better than others. And, you know, how we respond to all those moving parts can can kind of feel like it makes or breaks us mm-hmm. some days. But you also said something um, in the beginning that just really this word really strikes me as it's a piece that I work with a lot and it's vulnerability. It requires vulnerability just to get up in the morning sometimes, uh-huh. you know. There's risk in all that we do and that we we step into that vulnerability all the time and that it's, it's okay, mm-hmm. you know, and that everybody else is doing it too. It's just how do we meet that within ourselves that's the place where we really, we kind of find out who mm-hmm. we are, you know. And But that doesn't diminish the fact that, that being in that vulnerable space can really feel scary. It can feel really overwhelming. It can feel like, oh, I just can't take another rejection. I just, I'm just so down today. Why is it not working? And especially when you're slogging through days or weeks or months or, you know, it can feel like years of just, why is this not working? And mm-hmm. when does it get better? And you know, and then of course the self-blame and so and this and kind of skipping ahead, but it's interesting. When is it healthy to stop? You and I were talking about was it Penn? Oh, oh William the, Penn. William Penn. Yeah. You know, putting like um, you were you you were telling me the story about he was a Quaker, mm-hmm. he was who was a pacifist, but was also a nobleman and had and wore because he was a nobleman, he was required to wear a sword, right. and he was ch- challenged with this, and he went to speak to. It was Matthew Fox. Okay. He couldn't reconcile this disconnect for him about being a pacifist who wore a sword. And so, right. you know, and this is just a story that's out there. So it's a lovely parable, you know, kind of a metaphor. And and so Matthew Fox says to him, you know, you'll wear the sword until you can't, basically, like until, you know, not wearing the sword feels better than wearing the sword till, you, till you're able to um, reconcile within yourself what's true for you and being authentic in that place and being okay with that. Just saying, yeah, that's just not me anymore. And I, I find that to be an interesting bridge that I assume I'm going to cross as a musician at some point, which is, well, I've, I've done this thing and I've built this band and I've, you know, I've invested all this time and energy into it. And, and, and there's that little voice inside me that has huge expectations. I want to win huge awards. I want to be, you know, this is my legacy because, and, and that maybe that's just me. Everyone's in it for different reasons that, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they get into and out of the river at different points. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm curious as to, well, where do I decide to step out and what's that going to look like? Is it going to be hel- When is it going to be healthy for me to, you know, take that sword off mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, you know what? That was fun, but I'm not going to do children's music anymore. Right. Or I'm not going to perform. I'm not going to do it live anymore. I'm not going to record any more albums. Or I would hope that when I pass through that threshold that I do it uh, thoughtfully, mm-hmm. mindfully. Intentionally. And, and, and intentionally, yeah. definitely. And so part of this gig that I found is there's a lot of rejection mm. in a space where I didn't expect there to be that much rejection. Mm. So like playing a show and, and you know, there's this four-year-old in front of you who's just not into it. And that's mm. one kind of rejection that it's like, well, that's kind of okay because, you know, I, could de- I deal with that easily. Right. And I try and engage them up to a respectful point Mm-hmm. And then it's like, nope, they're not into it for whatever reason. They don't want to be here. They don't want to be doing this. They don't want to put their arms in the air. Right. You know, they yeah. don't want to tell me what a right. cow says. Whatever. Right. Right. That's a, that's manageable because it's really it's part of the 
the work a day of being a children's musician, mm-hmm. like that sort of crowd management thing. But then there's um, there's the other side of it where you write a song, you record the song, you go through all the, the long process of putting together an album, and then you release that into the wild mm. at whatever level of financial commitment that you can, you know, mm-hmm. or you get on social media and you do all these things and, oh. And, and that's like the fulcrum of vulnerability. You let go. Oh. And you wonder, like, how will this be received, you know? Right. And how will it be received? And what happens if it is? And what happens if it's not, you know? Yes, yes, and exactly. It, that's that's really that place where you put down the baton of conducting the orchestra and you just say, play, you yeah. know? And it is play. And and that place can be really scary. So for instance, um, there's all these award programs out there. Uh-huh. And some of them range from $35 and you're guaranteed to get a gold medal. Mm-hmm. And because of that, not many people pay attention to you know, those mm-hmm. in the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might get you a nice write-up or you'll get a little medallion that you can put on your right. website or something. And that feels good. Right. And sometimes when you're not getting any feedback, anything is like, oh, well, come on, I got to, you know. Yeah, take it. I have to say that I won, you know, Laura <laughs> Slavovia's album of the week or, you right. know, whatever. <laughs> exactly, right. And, and then there are other ones that cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. that no guarantee that you're going to win. Mm. and you're competing against everybody in the industry and you float that out there i know with like our first our first album i was so gung-ho i was calling in all the favors i was Mm -hmm. i was reaching out to people from high school who who i knew tangentially were involved in the industry who might get me some promotion or something like that you know and um Mm -hmm. and i entered all these contests spent all this money doing this and uh they said okay well in you know, in September, we're going to announce who wins the awards and the awards, you know, when the awards came out and zzz, nothing, mm. not even a like, oh, it's kind of fun, like nothing. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Mm-hmm. What have I done? What am I doing? Right. And so that face-to-face rejection, if I was sitting on the, on, if I was sitting on your couch, <laughs> in a professional environment, you know, and like a college student who mm-hmm. is like, I didn't make the team or um, my the person that I'm interested in romantically just dumped me or my dad is disappointed in me because I'm not being a doctor, you know. Right. Yep. So how do you, when rejection is so prevalent and, and also common and expected, what tools would you give me mm-hmm. to sort of meet those and... And deal with it, knowing that the the path is long, mm-hmm. and I want to keep going. Well, there, you know, it, it, every situation is is different, but generally, of course, in counseling, it's a lot about just listening and you know reflecting. And um, I'm a, definitely a person centered, more existential counselor. So you know, I there's a not a lot of directive that goes along with what I do, but but that's just me and my style. Um, we all meet obstacles. We all have doors that close in our face. You know, we can stand there and keep trying to unlock the door, you know, or keep walking into the door, or we can decide, this isn't working. What do I need to do next? But that's the hard part, right? Really digging deep into, I'm thinking of my college students right now, looking at bigger picture stuff, you know, really digging deep into why are they here? What do they want? You know, what is their their goal? And when things are, there's some, there's a few questions that I like to ask that really seem to, to help focus. Um, where do you want to be in six months? Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you see yourself? And how does that vision get 
kind of cloudy when it doesn't seem like you're getting there, mm-hmm. you know? And how do you deal with that rejection? And a lot of the times it's just being in that space with it, which is really not what most of us want to hear. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh yeah, I just spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars and got nothing, you right, know? Right. <clears throat> and so just a practical reality of that is, yeah, you're really bummed out. And, you know, bummed out is on the light end of what you might be feeling. You could be bummed out for a long time and then it's depression, you know? Right. Or... There's all these other moving parts in your life that, yeah, you've got this, but then you've also got, you know, relationships Mm -hmm. and other commitments and, you know, and just all the things that we deal with on a daily basis as human beings. So whether you're a student or a counselor Mm -hmm. or a children's musician, you're also, you also wear a lot of other hats, you know. So finding priorities within all of those realms. And, you know, it's easy to say not, you know, try not to let one thing take you down. But in the moment, it can feel like, everything just kind of implodes and crumbles in when you're feeling rejected or you're feeling like there's not, you know, that you you get the momentum and it keeps you going. And then sometimes that just stops and you're left standing there going, I've "Mm, found that that swing is, is, uh, for me, it was unexpected to, to feel that suddenly I was getting emotionally invested in this and it was it was it was moving me up and down without really I guess I didn't realize that that was going to be a part of it the gig the emotional investment well the the penalty of rejection and how that it would impact me like personally I didn't think because I guess I still went into I went into it with a very like optimistic viewpoint about oh, well, you know, I'm just going to do this thing and it's going to be fun and, and people are going to love it unless they don't. And if they don't, whatever, it's fine. It's good if they don't, you know. But then getting to the mechanics of it, it's like, uh, oh, you know, I have 60 friends on Facebook who like my band page, say. Mm-hmm. And then I look at someone else appear and they have 1,800 people who like their band page. And it's like, oh, I'm feeling really inadequate. And, you know, there was a day when they had 60. Yeah, I didn't know it then. Right. I can always look at the other guys like, oh, look, this person, they've only got 15. They suck. No, they don't suck. <laughs> you know, it's like, but where, where, where they might be in the process. But, mm-hmm. okay, I've been doing this for eight years and I get like 300 people on Facebook and mm-hmm. there's people who... I'm like, oh, they just got here and they've got 2,500 followers, mm-hmm. you know, or I see pictures. And again, this is a, well, I'm going to do a different broadcast or a podcast specifically about social media uh-huh. because I think there's a weird, there's a, it's, it's such a um, integral part of what we do mm-hmm. in this industry to, because it's so hard to, you know, tell people about where you're going to be playing mm-hmm. or new things coming out. And there's this whole business relationship Mm-hmm. That's also that's connected to like, hey, look at this thing. You know, I'm a and it has the power to promote you or to stop you in your tracks. It can feel that way, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge that I'm that there's that envy part of it. Yeah, you know, not jealousy, maybe jealousy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, call it but, what it is. But sure. uh, the dis- the difference between that and but that feeling of inadequacy. Then, mm-hmm. I mean, as if we need more in this business to feel inadequate about my voice, my my songwriting. Um, so I guess, you know, for you and for some of the other um, children's musicians and artists out there that are listening, I guess I would just wonder, who do you perform for? You know, do you perform for that kid in the third row that really digs your song? Do you get up on stage and just forget everything without and have fun and play with it? You know, like play with the music, 
play with the the emotion that's involved in the moment, the energy from the crowd, the, you know, and, and your own energy, like wherever you are, maybe it's a good day and it's, you're just bringing it all, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's other days where you're like, I got to dig deep today for this to work. And, and, um, you know, that happens, you know, that happens in the counseling room too. It's, so we all have that in our own experience where we, we get out of bed in the morning and it's like, oh, it's going to be one of those days or, oh, I'm rocking it, you know, and just owning either one and feeling what we feel. Of course, that's very counselor speak. Yeah, but you can't but- bring that to, I mean, and I'm going to kind of make an assumption here, and this is something where like our, our gigs sort of overlap. Mm-hmm. You, when the college kid comes into your office right, and they've got some heavy stuff that they need to talk to you about, you have to disengage from your self oh yeah yeah to be to be professional gotta set my stuff aside always there's an i I think that there might be an overlap between what you do professionally and what i do you know pseudo professionally when i'm when i'm performing when i'm playing which is regardless of how much coffee i spilled on my lap you know driving to the gig Mm -hmm. or how difficult it was for me to get the kids to brush their my kids to brush their teeth in the morning uh the rejection from that uh, the rejection because I'm I'm listening to the radio and I'm listening to a kid's radio station uh, program and they aren't playing my stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know I sent it to them and I know that they got it. And I know that this is like they're, they're doing the, the show this week on barnyard animals and I have a song called I'm the Greatest Chicken in the <laughs> Barnyard and they're not playing it. And I'm like, they should be playing my song. This mm-hmm. would be a good opportunity to hear my song on the radio and boy, would it make me feel good to hear my... And then I get to the gig and I've got all this junk in my head that's still there, but I've got to put on, I got to pull the guitar out, I got to tune it, I got to set up the gear, I got to make sure that I've got my water. You know, everything that I that I need to perform is the is there Mm -hmm. but then there's all the stuff between my ears like for tools what would you say to me as a performer now knowing like some of the stuff i go through Mm -hmm. to get there what what do you do what helps you well i think the first thing is just recognizing that that's a reality you know when when you go on stage or when i close the door you know and sit down in my chair with a person maybe in crisis, you know, across from me, I push the pause button on me. It doesn't mean that I disengage. It just means the focus shifts to them and where they are and what they are telling me that they need. It made me think about some of the things that you can do proactively to build your resilience for when, you know, kind of like put money in the bank, you know. Okay, good. This is what yeah, I want Yeah, because, um, and I do a lot of work with that that particular um, idea and skills building with the students so that when they go into a test, they know how to manage their test anxiety. So we do a lot of just basic stuff like deep breathing exercises. But what, and that might just sound really trite, but it's not because they then know that they have the tools and they have it within them to build their own resilience and to, yeah, kind of put money in their own bank account, emotional bank account for when when it might get stretched thin, you know, when they don't have as much energy or when they didn't get as much sleep. And then a lot of the self-care stuff, whatever that means for you, you know, it's different, I think, for each person. But I use the analogy a lot with my students when I'm working with them. You know, I say, have you, have you flown? And they're like, oh, yeah, I've flown. And they say, okay, so you know when you're taxiing on the runway and the flight attendant's up there telling you about the exits and the flotation device under your seat and stuff. And then they say... If the cabin should lose air pressure, the oxygen masks will drop down from the from the top. From the overhead. From the right. overhead. Um, secure your own oxygen mask first before helping the person next to you. And for a lot of people, they 
interpret that as that's super selfish. I would never secure my own oxygen mask before my child or my partner or the person next right. to me. But, you know, I remind them, it's like, if you're not breathing, you can't help anybody, you know? Right, exactly. And so yeah. how are you taking care of yourself? So I think there's a little bit of this upstream philosophy too around this. Like, not only do we have to respond and sometimes react, because that's reality, but there's the upstream stuff we can do to make it make our responses stronger and healthier and more effective. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you sleeping? How's your diet? Are you moving enough? Are you just the basic stuff? Be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared like for the gig in the same way that, that like I show up with my water bottle and stuff mm -hmm. like that, that I have to be mentally prepared for the gig. And emotionally. Well. And yeah. Emotionally, yeah. Emotionally prepared. Mm -hmm. That This is the conversation I wanted to have about this because what I've, what I've found is, is that it's like there's, you know, it, within this gig of being a children's musician, I've encountered things that I didn't expect. These little landmines like envy and rejection and depression and performance anxiety and um, stamina issues. And then also then, and those are, those are just big buckets. And then in the little bit, it's like interpersonal relationships, managing a band, managing children in the crowd, managing the parents of children in the crowd, managing the parents of children in the crowd who don't manage their children, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of moving like parts. A lot of moving parts. And you're up there smiling, singing a song, trying to like do the job that you're, you're probably getting paid to do with all of this coming at you at the same time while remembering that, you know, your cat has got to go to the vet. So like none of that ever stops. But the, I think what I've, what I've appreciated about this is the, that there, there seems to be like three, we'll do top three, the top three things mm -hmm. that now, now that you know a little bit more about what I do and I know, I know a little bit more about the, the tools that you off, you, you were offering. So it sounds like first take care of yourself. Definitely. When it comes to, we'll go backwards. Okay. <laughs> you know? So so the taking care of yourself, that oxygen mask thing is like beautiful to be like, oh God, yeah, I have to make sure that I'm okay. Which, and it's funny for me, it's sometimes it's as simple as I need five minutes before I go on stage yep. or perform just to make sure that I've got my guitar picks, that my fly is up, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. that I've had some a few potato chips and some water because that's what's good for my throat. And I know what's good for my throat. Right. And that I know that I get a feel for that. I need <gasps> that breath yep. before I go into the fray. And that's something I, I learned a while ago. And I when I don't get it because suddenly they're like, okay, you're on. And it's like, what now? Oh, and they're introducing you. And I'm not given that opportunity. It takes a few songs to get to get back to get back into the groove mm -hmm. find find your stride right part of that i guess is being responsible enough to build that preparation into wherever i'm going to be make a priority make it a priority yeah. right take care of myself first mm -hmm. the envy and rejection when it comes to where we're going with awards or social media peer groups or you know like how many likes you have and you know if anybody's listening to your album and stuff that uh, rejection aspect of it to me is still because I want to succeed, you know, and that's still, that's still kind of a hard one for on an intimate level to get to take care of. And your suggestion when it comes to rejection is to say, acknowledge it, own it. You know, at the end of the day, do you like your music? Do you like the CD? Are you satisfied with what you did? Can you walk away from that and say, that was my best today? And if, you know, again, some days it's better than others, but dealing with rejection is always hard. Well, I, it can be hard. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants, really it welcomes rejection. 
But we can look at it in a different way, like kind of build a relationship with it because it's going to be there. And so better have a conversation with it. Like, okay, what does this mean if I'm feeling a little envious or really beat down because I didn't get the award or feeling a little bit, you know, salty because somebody else did and my work is better. And you can say, well, yeah, that doesn't feel good. I think just really taking an honest look at it, being honest with ourselves about it and acknowledging it doesn't feel good. And, you know, everybody moves through that in their own way. But, but yeah, how do you, but in the end, it's what I've come to realize is, is that it's, um, it's, it's just part of the game. It is. And I think, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know if it's funny or not, but I, I'll say. If it's, fun, if it's funny, I'll laugh. Oh, good. <laughs> so bring it on. Okay. I, you know, nobody comes into my office and says, oh my gosh, my life is so great. I love everything that's happening. Give me a diagnosis of happy. <laughs> you know, we don't have that. The, that's funny. The de- it is kind of funny in a really sad way. So I think part of it too is just kind of, again, being vulnerable to our own humanity there are days that really, you know, I get knocked down, but I get mm-hmm. up again. <laughs> right. You know. Uh, no, do, do not. Do, do, no, no singing on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I just think, you know, there, boy, when you have those good days, put that in your emotional, psychological, physical, you know, bank account and just let that feed you because there are days that really cost more right okay so we've so we've talked about self-care first um just live with your evil friend rejection because it's always going to be part of it and the other thing is the is kind of the over the overarching like i'm bummed but i'm bummed for i'm bummed doing something that i love for children when do you know to put the sword down when do you know that it's over and that like the third thing and that and for that we if can you sum up where we were with, like, when well, is it I think time it's, it's to stop? always good to have someone who can give you some outside perspective. And it doesn't have to be a therapist necessarily. Sales pitch, sales no. pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just having another set of eyes, someone you trust, someone, you know, a friend, a partner, a family member, um, a therapist, you know, whoever that person is for you. Because sometimes it's really difficult to have a, a sit down with ourselves when we're in the middle of it. You know, you're in the middle of the forest and all you're seeing is trees. I mean, I know it's it's fairly um, cliche, but there's a reason why it's cliche. It's There's truth in it. And there's a place where we can kind of get lost in our own lostness. And so having someone shine a light on that and just say, have you tried this? Or, you know, that's what you're doing here with this podcast. It's like you're offering perspective. You're offering the the entry into a conversation, even if that person just is having the conversation in their mind as they're listening and reflecting afterward, you're a resource for someone. I'm talking to you. you well, know, all, all like, all like <laughs> yeah. four people, including my mom. So I think it's, there's never underestimate the value of, of, you know, reaching out. And again, that's, I think all three of those, those pieces that rise to the top require that vulnerability. Taking care of yourself, we want to be made of steel and we're not. And so we have to admit that we're not, and that means we're vulnerable. You know, we want to um, delude ourselves in thinking we'll never be rejected. And then when it hits us, uh, we're vulnerable. And then that third piece of, okay, well, what do you do if it's tanking and it's tanking fast and you have a decision to make? You're vulnerable, you know? So it's kind of like making friends with, 
building a relationship, having a conversation with our own places where we're vulnerable. It just makes us more honest with ourselves. And when you have that kind of honesty with yourself, you have clarity. And that's that's tall order. That's tough. And sometimes we don't want to have that kind of honesty because we don't necessarily like what we see or we don't want to hear that truth or it requires more of us, you know. And these this sort of brutal honesty, like I'm not saying this about anybody or anything, but at some point you're like, look, you, you don't have the time to do it because you've got other commitments. You don't have the money to do it because it actually requires some investment and you don't have the talent to do it. Like you love what you do, right? But you know, you just you don't you can't you you can't go to that creative well enough times to pull together um, a set list, or you know, I suffered from stage fright for twenty years, and I my my solution was every week going to an open mic, and it was horrible. I mean, it was the worst. Well, and it, it once I got a band and I was with other people, you know, and we performed, and then a year later then it was okay. But my solution was, no, I'm just going to keep pushing myself to get over this. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I didn't get any tools from anybody. I just thought that I could, bust, if I did it enough, oh, I'm just going to keep jumping into the swimming pool of the deep end. And this is how I'm going to learn how to swim. And every time I jump in, I, I scramble to the top. I grab the side. I, I, you know, I pull myself out as quickly as possible. <laughs> And I feel bad well, about and, it. You know, we do make things harder sometimes for ourselves than they need to be. And why do we do that? That can be another podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're gonna have to. <laughs> but if it's okay with you, I'd like you to. Have, I'd like you to come back because there's other aspects. The, the The thing is, is that I think the psychology behind and the emotional health and well being of what I do, and and the different aspects of it. You know, being healthful and mindful and having tools and returning to. Um, that idea of self self help and making friends with rejection and um, w keeping keeping um, tabs on where you actually are in the long scale. If you aren't enjoying it anymore, don't do it. And if you're really if you're if you're if it's just oh seven rejections in a week and no sunshine, take a you can take a break. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean you have to blow it up because you don't win that one award. Yeah, and if you're if you're not enjoying it, get out. Sometimes we can't get out, right? You know, and so I think it's just that, again, that honesty with ourselves, kind of know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Not and, no singing know, on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but also like knowing why, you know, and and sometimes being able to step into that ambivalence and that really scary, vulnerable, uh, I hope I'm doing the right thing place, which is just, you know, again, part of the human experience. Yeah. And do we ever know 100%? Yes, made the right decision. You know, hopefully we have those moments. But I mean, I know for me, being honest, it's like, ooh, I hope I made the right decision. Yeah. I'm doing the best I can with what I've got right this minute to make this decision. And but I think that honesty, that piece of just being truthful with ourselves is, is really key. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I don't think anybody knows where it's going. Wherever you are in your path, if you're top 10 wonder, just are learning the first three chords on a guitar, singing to your baby on the floor, but you think it's fun. It's like you never know where you are on the path and you never know where it's going to end. Knowing you have choice at every step of the way to stay in, to get out, to find a better way around the mountain. Heidi, I so appreciate your time. Thank you, Cowboy Andy. This is great fun just yeah, to talk. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, so... Um, 
Thanks for tuning in. This is Cowboy Andy and Barn Banter. We have a lot of other episodes coming up. If you haven't had an opportunity to, I'm doing the thing that you're not supposed to do at the end of the podcast because now, of course, everyone's already turned it off. But if you could like it, if you could leave comments, um, let me know what you think about it. That would be just fine. And I will probably be back soon with another episode. So stay tuned for that. Bye-bye.